Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dreams. We are living our dreams here at Star Style, be the star you are. Hello, power partners. Welcome to our informational playground of Star Style, be the star you are. We are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of the 501c3 charity, be the star you are. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. We're so glad Heather Brittany is back with us and has a voice. (laughs) Welcome home, Heather Brittany. Well, we strive to seed, to stimulate, and to support space for positive, meaningful conversations because we don't want you to wait for something to happen. We want you to make it happen. Today's Miracle Moment is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are Book Bash Blowout. 5A Renaspace and Brooks Albrey's Children's Success Unlimited. We have a big event happening on April 25th. Visit btsya.com under events for more information. And this is from Mark Twain. My father was an amazing man, and the older I got, the smarter he got. (laughs) I really like it. It's going to be the lead-in because our show today is all about living, loving, and also being an amazing parent. And in our second and third segments, we are featuring the author Todd Battle. He's the co-author of a fantastic book called Daddy Look. And this is a book that every parent needs because it really is all about being a great father and the importance of being a, a dad in a relationship. So you're going to meet him coming up soon. But right now, Heather, in Health Matters, is going to be digging into something that is really important. How do we keep our relationships loving and vibrant? Because we all know if you're married or you're in a partnership or whatever you have, a marriage takes work. But it is that misconception that it's the big things that derail your union. 
really it's those little things, the little neglects, the little offenses, those little things that cause resentment. You know, those socks constantly on the floor and that toothpaste in the sink. We know all that. So (laughs) Heather's going to help us keep our love alive. And then if you have children, of course, you're going to be a much better parent if you can keep your relationship alive. So Heather... You know, it is obvious that being in a committed relationship is challenging, but we have a lot of misconceptions. I mean, obviously, we know that infidelity, addiction, you know, adultery, those kind of things really can chip away at our relationships, but the little things chip away as well. So what are some of those tiny things that are erode our connectedness to our significant loving other, and what do we do about it? Yeah, exactly. Well, you hit on a lot of things there, and just as you said, is I mean, of course, there are the, the really big things, as with anything like, but um, as with all things that um, if we don't give that full attention to, if we don't really take good care of things, over time, things wear and tear, you know, whether it's something closed, something around the house that... Um, you know, if you start uh, taking, you start, uh, usually over time, things that you have and you love, over time, um, you know, you start kind of giving them less and less uh, affection and well care for. And sort of just using that clothes analogy, just think when you, you first get something, it might be expensive, and at first, you know, you you, uh, you wash it separately, you get it, you know, um, uh, what's it called, dry clean, you do all these things. And over time, you start wearing it more. I mean, you love it. It's your favorite thing. So before you know it, it maybe gets a stain on it. And before you know it, it just becomes your right tatty. You wash wash it in with other things, and you sort of just neglect it until it's kind of not anything special anymore. And it happens with our relationships, that things we, in the beginning, put so much time and effort to to create, um, and once we sort of, you know, whether it's marriage or now they are your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, um, you know, other, it just kind of starts taking the, the back thing to it and um, just kind of piggybacking on when you first mentioned about kids, um, you know, a big, sort of just a, almost, you know, a natural progression in many relationships is uh, whether married or whatnot um, of having kids, and you know, kids for people, it's definitely an incredibly bonding thing. And and as a parent, um, you know, I personally am not one yet, but what I hear of so many of my friends that are that, that you know, there's suddenly there becomes something that you just love so much more beyond yourself, and you you know, if you feel this new sort of vitality towards life of you know, making sure that this new little human being and um, is just giving you the most amazing life and showing all these great things. Um, but oftentimes what can happen in relationships is before you know it, uh, this new person is getting more attention than your significant other. And, of course, you know, kids deserve all this love. But you have to remember before, you know, that can um, – eventually over time start to kind of create that resentment. Um, think of, you know, it took that partner to help create this kid. You still need to give them that attention for it, that lovingness. Well, and- you know, and I want to jump in there because I really think you're hitting on something really critical here. Yes, when you have a child, when you have a baby, that baby needs your attention. Just like if you were, you know, adopting a puppy or something, they can't live on their own. And I think what you're saying is the secret is, is that both, parents have to be really involved because what I found in my own relationship is when both parents are really involved, that's when your love like blossoms because you're so excited about what you've created. So that that to me is really important. And, you know, and that's something, too, about having, um, you know, if, you know, if possibly if one person is a stay-at-home mom or dad, if someone, as we know, as in life, especially when there's kids and things, that even if, you know, you have a 9-to-5, you have a what maybe you know, your uh, 
on paper job title. When you have kids, those are your second job too. You you know that's or you know more your first job. That's a very important thing um, as well. And yes, you know by the end of the day, we're exhausted. It's really hard to show those you know emotions, affection. But do it anyway. You need to nurture just as you know you wouldn't um, come into work you know half-assed, hungover, not care about it. You know this is your relationship is just as important as raising your kids as your your work work relationship. Um, so again, those things of putting that time and effort into it and again as you mentioned of having that shared partnership um, a thing that bonds people is when you have something in common so a great thing is is, uh, taking up a sport or an activity a side project kind of thing with your partner sharing similar likes taking an interest in something Um, so you know really truly being co-parents together and taking interest in your kids of sharing that partnership that's another connecting bonding thing so just establish that and also you just said something too that I think is a critical is uh, and this uh, really is important when you're parenting. You still have to take time for each other because uh, you can become, and this can happen to both men and women. But I would say that we women are more guilty of it. Is that the children do become our sole focus, and we forget about the date nights, and we forget about how fun it was to go dancing, or you know, to go to church together and hold hands, or whatever it was. You know, so. I do think that you have to have your date nights or your date days. You still have to make time for that. Yeah, and, you know, I have to say on, on paper, I mean, it may sound sort of like, oh, you know, who schedules in those things? But really in how life is, say, it is so go, go, go. You need to you need to make time for each other. You need to schedule these date things. And that can also cause things over time that if so many times you call off these date nights, again, even if you don't have kids, this is not even if If, you know, you have plans with your significant other and then, you know, oh, I got home from work, I'm just too tired, I don't want over time, it's sort of like how you have those friends that you always invite them to go out and they always last minute can't. So before you know it, you just start, you stop inviting them because you know, oh, you know, so-and-so is always going to bail. Well, it becomes a relationship that before you know it, these, you know, I'm really sorry, these uh, one time, you know, I'll make up for it, we'll do another time. When it starts becoming a habit, which it's very easy to fall into that habits, when it just kind of comes a norm, again, that's going to cause more resent, and this causes that distance that your partner is going to find other things that to get involved with. So before you know it, when you do have time for that date night, they may have, you know, taken up a new activity or new friends or, you know, maybe a new partner. So, um, you know, really, you have to you have to take these time. You have to make make these time, make this effort, schedule these things in. And and the hugest thing of how we even first you know meeting with our partners is communication. Um, especially when we live with someone, you before you know, there sort of becomes those silent times. You know, you can just hang out on the couch. You don't constantly have to be having these conversations, but you still need to. Be talking, not just those passing, and uh, talking as well as, uh, you know, physically affectionate with them. They say that, you know, in the beginning of relationships, you know, things are hot and heavy, but more and more as couples go on, it's rare that, you know, people kiss or even just hold hands. It's the slightest thing. Uh, it's just so just, you know, laying in bed next to your partner, not even anything sexual, just the, the thing of touching your hand or just being against them, some kind of physical contact, um, it, it bonds you together. So if it becomes... Yeah, I think the holding the hands is just really important because it makes you, you know, feel you're connected or putting your arm around each other. Or even if you're in a room, you know, at uh, an event or a party and you make eye contact, it's like you can have mm-hmm. that special communication. But what you're saying is so... So um, so valuable because 
all of us are just humans in training all the time. And as you said, relationships, as you get on in years or months or however long, they start to um, just become so comfortable. And it's good to be comfortable as long as you can keep that love alive. I mean, I think yeah, that, there's, that's exactly. the, the thing is, I think the risk thing is when you become comfortable, there is that almost that too comfortable. That that's when you start neglecting. It's just as with your family members as, you know, mom, dad, kids, things that you have those people that you can literally fight with, have that like, I hate you. And, and then 20 minutes later, be like, what do you want to do for dinner? Like there's the weird thing you know, with family, how you can have these instant fights and then everything's better within, you know, That is so minutes. fun. Yeah, it is. I guess um, we just know each yeah, other. Yeah, you know, we're, you know, versus when it's a friend and it's, oh my God, you know, this and this. Um, so English, it's good to have a comfort, but there's also that thing when it's just too comfortable. And that's usually when you start neglecting the things, when you don't appreciate them anymore. And that's such a big thing is saying things of, of being appreciative, even though, you know, these are the things someone does every day. Um, take those time, those little things of, you know, making the bed or whatever, just saying thank you that, you know, if you go out to dinner, even if your husband pays every single time or you pay every time, those just saying thank you for this, showing appreciation, um, and those little words go a long way. Just as I love you, thank you, those two are thank you for us, I appreciate this. Showing someone that what they did has value and that you've noticed that, that you've acknowledged what they've done. And just so you know, And you know by acknowledging people... What's so interesting, you know, we've said this so many times in shows that when we're grateful, the more we're grateful for, the more we have to be grateful for. And when you acknowledge your husband or your wife and tell them thank you for, you know, putting the dishes in the dishwasher or wiping down the table or whatever, it's amazing. They feel so good about it, they want to do it again. And so you really are encouraging happy behavior and then you feel more connected. So it, it's all, it's all, it's all connected. Yeah, and you know, and just you know, thinking of acknowledgement things of um, I feel like you know a, a big thing is just the society we live in now, and I feel like more and more I'm becoming, I guess it's good and bad at the same time. Less um, when it comes to the computer, I think probably because my computer's starting to get older, and I just I am just someone I cannot just sit I, if I start to go through emails before I know it, it's two hours that I'm sitting there, I'm replying to things, I'm. Just, so I try to make that like an end-of-the-night thing um, because otherwise, you know, you just get sucked in. Before you know it, you're doing all this work, and you're like, oh, God, I want to get outside, all those kind of things. And we live in a society now that everything is so that instant communication, and there's all these social media sites. But what also happens is that we spend so much time not only just being unphysically active and, and you know, just de- definitely decreasing our heart rates and our health and all these kinds of things, just sitting at a computer being stagnant, um, that we are so caught up in these things of this uh, social, media, you know, this social online that we're not social with one another anymore. Of how many times, you know, people like uh, there's something definitely wrong if you're spending more time looking or communicating online, you know, whether or looking and liking pictures, things, uh, people you haven't seen in 10, 15 years, you know, people that you know you uh, you know you don't care. You haven't been missing Sally Smith that now friend requested you from 15 years, you don't really care. It's just that sort of wine. Like if you're spending more time with that um, or on playing video, you know, the computer games, all that, then communicate with the person within the room with you, then something's wrong. You need to get out, find activities, find things you have in common. Oftentimes, you know, when we live in these close quarters with people, you need, you need to also create relationships outside of, um, outside of the couples that you have, you know, that you have things, friends as couples, people to go do things with. Um, because a lot of times what happens is not to say you kind of run out of things to say, but you live these 
separate lives, so you do these things, and so when you're together, there sometimes feels like there isn't really anything to talk about. You're just kind of hanging out. And you just brought up another really important point, Heather, and that is remember, we have to remember that our friends are a mirror of ourselves, and it's very, very important, especially for couples, to include as your friends other couples, people who are committed, who have your same values, that you care about each other, because, you you know, it's easier to go to the lowest common denominator. So if we really do have to keep our... Uh, our, our beings um, elevated, and that means your friends need to be the kinds of people that you are proud to be around and that you are growing and growing together and you have common values and goals because that will keep you together with your spouse, and that's very important. Yeah, and, you know, another thing that's kind of backtracking here about, you know, being thankful and things is sort of the little things of undermining things. So, you know, there might be, uh, you know, certain things, maybe you always make the bed or you always do the dish or whatever, but if someone's come in, you know, if let's say, you know, you've, you know, for whatever reason, your, your significant other today made the bed and it's kind of a hot mess. Something, you know, um, when you go and you fix something that they've, that they've done in effort of, you know, acknowledging that you always do it, so now they do it, um, if, you know, there's times, for example, like, you know, doing the dishes, if you then go to the dishes and then reset the way they did it, you might be trying to be more efficient with it, but it can come off as more as an undermining thing is that, oh, so they could take it as, oh, so I do that wrong, so I'm not going to do it now. If you see that there's something you know, maybe, you know, just kind of using these uh, dishwasher, making the bed, if they've, you know, they've taken this effort to make it, but it's not really quite the effort you're looking for, maybe next time as you're both getting out of bed, hey, let's make the bed together and kind of show your little extra effort. Or as you're doing dishes, maybe, hey, let's do, help, like, helping each other instead of sometimes of this is your, this is what you're going to do, this is what I'm going to do. Of so what you're saying is be grateful for every little thing. And don't criticize because, you know, I hate the word criticize. You know, we can offer positive reinforcement and uh, feedback, but criticism is never helpful. So be grateful for everything and find the goodness in in your relationship. And then it will flourish and you'll be, uh, you know, that way you'll be not only a great partner, but then you'll be a better parent as well. Well, as always, Heather, we're at the end of our time together so uh, why don't you give us, you know, wrap it up. Give us your talking points that you want your takeaways. Yeah. Well, my most important thing is, as we said right from the beginning, is that resentment is the hugest thing. So try to nip these things in the butt. Have open communication. Really strive. Remember what got you into this relationship, why you love that person. I think always every day is a day that we can improve ourselves. Um, and it's great to have someone that you want to improve for and make that, you know, an equal thing that you want to be better for each other. Value each other. Say thank you. Say I love you. And take these little moments every night to be, as you said, to be a great parent. You all you need to start with being a great partner first. So, anyways, if you like more information about all everything going on with everything fantastic at the radio show, Be The Star You Are, go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, excellent, excellent segment because our relationships are are the key to our lives. And when we have a really solid, deep relationship and we work on it, then the rest of our lives seem to just sing. And our children are absolutely blessed. There's nothing, the best gift you can give your children is to love the mother or father. So 
you know, when we share that love, everything seems to work. Heather Brittany, that was excellent. So uh, coming right up, Todd Battle is joining us. He is the co-author of an amazing book that needs to be on every bookshelf. It's called Daddy Look. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. You're listening to Star (laughs) Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Don't go away. We will be right back and Todd will be with us. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are, light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Well, what a fabulous day we are having here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you for staying with me here. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and every week we bring you the pioneers on the planet, the people who are the movers, the shakers, the ones that really make a difference. And today I have somebody really special. Now, you might have heard this quote from Jim Carrey, I never learned to give up because my dad taught me that it's better to go after something special and risk starving to death rather than surrender. If you give up on your dream, what's left? That's what I learned from my dad. Well, you know, dads are really important. Do you recall the story about the three princes of Serendip? They set out on a voyage where disaster struck, and then they realized it was a blessing in disguise. Their stumbling blocks turned into stepping stones, and they became fortunate men. Has that ever happened to you? Well, I don't call these life lessons coincidences. I call them divine synchronicities, serendipity. Yes, it's happened to me. 
And just when I thought all was lost, I realized I was destined to travel through the valley of darkness so that I could witness the light. And that light is the co-author of an amazing book that is greatly needed in the home of anyone who is a parent. His name is Todd Battle, and the book is Daddy Look. Welcome, Todd, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be with you today and to talk about Daddy Look, the book, and just encourage dads to really become purposeful and intentional in their involvement in the lives of their children. I'm so excited to be with you today. Well, you know, Todd, as I just mentioned, we never know what's going to happen to us in life. And when things happen, there's always a reason. And when I met you, it was like the lights just went off. Because as I expressed to you, my daddy was my hero. And he died in my arms. And I loved him so much. And he I really believe I'm the woman I am today because of the lessons I learned. Now, you and your co-authors, Daryl Sanders and Reggie Watts, one day you were at a game and you all at the same time were hearing your children say, Daddy, look! And you realize, oh my gosh, we have to do something about this. Would you tell us about the experience? Because I feel that dads are the under, they're the unsung heroes, the undervalued people, the equation and it's so critical and more critical than ever that daddies start looking and seeing their children. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the way the concept uh, came about, uh, myself, as you have stated, the other co-authors, Dale Sanders, Reggie Watts, we were actually in my backyard um, having a family barbecue. We were playing dominoes, and at that time, Reggie's son, Justice, was playing on the jungle gym that's in our backyard. And as he was doing his tricks, he started yelling, Daddy, you look. Daddy, look. And although he was calling to Reggie, all three of us being fathers, all of us simultaneously looked to watch him perform the tricks. And we all laughed and kind of got back to the uh, dominoes game. And then I, uh, Minister Sanders, Daryl Sanders actually said, uh, that's a universal phrase. Daddy, look. I mean, no matter where you are on the planet, there's Absolutely. some child saying, Daddy, look. And then I mentioned, I chimed in, and it seems like they want to see us look more than Mom look. And he said, us also being all ministers, he said, you know what? That's a great sermon topic. That'll preach. And then Reggie looked, and he said, no, that's a book. And then we looked at one another. And then we started asking questions. Why do they want us to look so much? What happens if we don't look? If we're not looking into the lives of our children, what have we been unfortunately looking at? And those questions began to go back and forth. And before we knew it, we were making notes. We were praying prayers. And approximately, that was in 2008, I believe. And in 2012, the book was completed. And then we've just been doing some upgrades and some revisions to it. But that's how it all came about, just a dominoes well, game and a child crying out, Daddy, look. I want to get back to the three of you are ministers. And so this actually brings another whole value to the book because the, the Daddy, look has a very Christian outlook, although the messages in the book would apply to any, you know, anyone who is a father. And what you were saying earlier about the kids really want their dads to look, I really feel that that 
is such a truism because the, for the most part, the dads are the ones that are absent for so much of their life. Either they have work obligations, you know, they're not there, or they might be not in that relationship. The mom might be raising the child or the grandparents. So the father is absolutely critical to the child's growth. You had some statistics in your book about men in prison and how when they're, they talk about why are they there, they talk about their fathers and that their fathers didn't, weren't there for them. Tell us a little uh, bit about that and your ministry with that. Uh, well, we, in doing the research for the book and reaching out, one of the things we, we found not just uh, prison statistics where even uh, we saw that so many men across racial divide, it doesn't make a difference. The ethnicity doesn't make a difference. Race doesn't make a difference. Uh, eth- uh, economic situations, what we did find was where there was an absence of fathers, there was significant uh, downturns in the lives of their children. We found that 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, 70% of That's juveniles. That's unbelievable. It's so huge. Yeah, 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. Behavioral disorders, 85% of those come from fatherless homes. This was the one that broke my heart. 63% of committed suicides uh. come from fatherless homes. It's, it's critical. It is an epidemic. And, and also, as you mentioned before, us um, being uh, ministers and African-American ministers, we have discovered that the epidemic is even more so in the African-American community in that um, Approximately 68.8% of African-American homes are led by single moms, which means dad is not there. Not there. And those statistics of the downturn of them not being there is why we were drawn, as the Lord led us to be drawn, to put this book together. We are speaking with author Todd Battle. The book is Daddy Look, and he has co-authored this really important book, with Daryl Sanders and Reggie Watts to help fathers become more involved in their children's lives and to let fathers know how important and imperative they are because the love of a father, the guidance of a father, that cannot be matched by anyone. Only a father can do that. So tell me, um, Todd, when you were writing the book, because each of you have taken you know different subjects, different chapters, how did it uh, evolve with dividing up what you wanted to write about? Because I like, I really like that you each individually tell some of your own experiences because you're all fathers and you all really believe in the importance of being a daddy that looks. So how did that come about where you decided who wrote what? It's interesting because just as the... Uh, domino game evolved and we started asking questions about uh, why do they want us to look so badly? What happens if we don't look, if we haven't been looking? Um, what have we been looking at? And each of us had our uh, different answers, different input regarding each of those questions. And so as we would sit and talk about the book, as the subject matter, as the questions came up, it was, and I, I like the uh, the idea of divine synchronicity that you've spoken of. As we were yes. talking, 
if one of us was drawn more strongly to a particular subject matter, that's what they went, and we just told them to run with it. And as you're led in your own writing style, write that, and then we'll allow editors and one another to look it over and tighten it up. But if you're if you have a passion for a specific area of daddy looking, by all means, write it. And that's essentially how the book evolved. You know, uh, that to me is the best way to, to write any book is just to be guided and let your divine guidance come through you. Just be the vessel. So you let God speak through you, right? And Absolutely. Or whatever anyone believes. But for me, that's what I believe. So I just believe that it comes. Now, there's a chapter that, uh, that you wrote that is towards the end of the book, and it's called, Daddy, Look to Install, Instill the Word of God. But it really is talking about in there how to be a teacher, because this one really touched me, because I, I think what we often forget as humans, as parents, just as adults in general, that everything that we say and do, and our actions always speak louder than words, our children are watching. So they are looking at us. So what does a daddy that looks look like? Uh, A daddy that looks looks like, essentially when it just, the way you've laid out the book, I just want to uh, share with your listeners that what we did was look at biblical characters in the Bible dads and see how they interacted with their children and what those interactions came to in the lives of their children. But the greatest example we thought there were two. First, uh, God and his first created son, Adam. And then lastly, at the end of the book, God and from our belief system, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. God is the greatest example of a dad that looks. And so when we look at how he interacted with Adam when he created him, a daddy that looks looks like a progenitor. He's a giver of life. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. But that also means that not only did he have life, but he had the potential to give life. And what we look at is as dads, not only have we given the seed of life to our children, but now we can breathe life of inspiration, life of encouragement, life of power, life of strength, the things that you talked about earlier that a dad, uh, some of the things your dad put into your life which carried you through, that's a giver of life. He's a progenitor. He's a provider. He's a prompter. He doesn't just give his child all of the answers, but he puts information in front of him or her that allows him or her or prompts them to come to answers themselves. He's principled. He has boundaries. He has discipline. And he's a protector. And ultimately, he's a peacemaker. Dad is uh, an intercessor. And we see all of those things in God. And, and of course, nobody's perfect. Now, you, we mentioned how long it took to write the book. Part of it is because we simply took a break in writing the book. Because as we, as we believe that God was giving us information, we came to a point where we just thought to ourselves, we don't measure up to what a daddy that looks actually looks like. We're, we're falling short. And God really spoke to us and said, 
Number one, you're not perfect. Only I am. And number exactly. two, you don't we're have- all we're all humans in training. That's my what yeah, I say. Absolutely, we're humans in training. So no, we're not perfect, and that's absolutely. why it's up to you. You know, it's why the three of you wrote the book: Todd Battle, Daryl Sanders, and Reggie Watts, because we as humans can learn from other humans. You know, we're absolutely none of us are perfect, and that's I think that's the beauty of it is that. And, We're struggling. We're all struggling. And that's what prompted us to keep going with the book because we knew it was bigger than us. There are other dads who need to hear what we were given by the Lord. And so we're excited about that. That's well, what a and no matter like. how hard that we actually try, because we are humans with all our, you know, our faults, our sins, whatever, is that we're going to make mistakes, and Absolutely. we're going to do things, we're going to say things that we're not proud of it sometimes. But the key is, and you have said this to me as we've spoken before, and I think it's so important, is mistakes are totally fine, but it's taking responsibility for your mistakes. It's owning up to it. And I think that's part of being a great parent and a great dad is to be able to say, "Hun, I made a mistake. Son, you know, I did it wrong. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, I apologize, and move on, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things in the book, at the end of each chapter, we have exercises called a poundable moment. Uh, a pound, from our standpoint, is kind of a fist bump or fist to fist, just a, a time between a dad and his child where they have some interaction that's really cool. And one of the things we talk about and we encourage is make sure that communication stays open constantly. And when you've made a mistake, be man enough to admit it. Nobody's perfect. Right. Children will respect you much more when you don't pretend <laughs> to be perfect. That's exactly right. I think that pretending is what's bad. And I love the poundable moments. And while we're just talking about the layout of the book, because I think people will find this really important and, and very interesting, is that the, each chapter does start with a, uh, a quote or a passage from the Bible. So that is related to what they're going to be talking about. And then they'll tell a personal story, which is they call that getting real or the real. And so there's a story in there. And then there's the ideal. And then there's knee work, which is like it's stuff that you got to do, right? It's stuff that we need to work on, how to ask for what you need. Yeah, we're asking for help. Knee work is essentially us looking at the particular material in each chapter and then having things to go to God to and say, based on this subject matter of this chapter, God, would you help me be a better dad in this area? So knee work. It's, it's literally being on your knees. And the responsibility of being a dad is so immense, we've got to have help. That's yes. the way we look at it. We have to have help. And knee work gives us some direction and some specific, uh, specifics concerning uh, what we need to pray about. And, you know, when we're talking about prayer and we're talking about knee work and we're talking about asking for help, so many people are afraid to ask for help because they feel that it shows weakness. And we're here to say that that is your strength, is that Absolutely. when you're willing to ask for help, that's when help arrives. It's when you surrender. It's when you say, let go, let God, right? You know, Absolutely. like the hymn, like the books, you know, it's like that's when the help 
arrives. So we have to, you know, we really do have to give into that. And that's another learning moment. And, of course, the accountable moment is very critical because that's the connection between you and your kid. It keeps you, it really keeps you real, keeps you on the same wavelength. And then you do have a rod of correction moment. Tell us about that little bit. The rod of correction moment, and let me just start out by saying because that's, uh, that has some, some very explosive language in it. But the rod of correction, when you look in the Bible, it, it's, not, it's essentially dealing with corporal punishment, but that's not what we use it. The, the rod of correction moment in each one of the chapters is some area where you can correct your child if they are not correctly applying the principles that you're trying to teach regarding the subject matter of that chapter. And so a rod of correction is not necessarily a spanking. It could be taking away a cell phone or electronics. It's actually setting loving, godly boundaries for right. our children. Because the fact of the matter is give, men, was, many of our children don't have boundaries set in their lives and so when they interact outside of our homes, it's evident. There, there's no respect for authority. There's always a questioning of adults, etc. It's doing what I want to do. And so the rod of correction moments just say, hey, we're putting some loving boundaries because we love you and we want to keep you moving in the right direction. That's what the rod of correction is about. And boundaries are absolutely critical to building a relationship and building a successful um, a, a very grounded and spiritual person. And I was just going to say that I'm just reading one of your rod of correction moments here. And it was about when your child crosses boundaries, you set for them along with removing privileges like phone, television, computer, iPhone, include some reading assignments. You know, have them read an article from a local paper or Absolutely. a national news magazine and give you a report. In other words, continue their lessons. Give them a teaching moment. So, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of, uh, in your book, Daddy Look, many, many wonderful teaching moments. We have to take a quick break, Todd, but you are going to stay with me for the next segment, correct? Absolutely. Okay, I'm so glad. Let's give out your website. So while we go to break, all of you, you can go to the website, daddylook.net. That's daddylook.net. The book is Daddy Look. The authors are Todd Battle, Daryl Sanders, and Reggie Watts. And today we have the privilege of talking with Todd Battle. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we hope that you are feeling empowered and you are ready to be the best dad possible. So we'll be back in just a moment, both Todd and I. And in the moment and right now, Daddy, look. Think about it. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to look and feel your best? Rush, 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 it seems to be the order of our fast-paced culture. But in order to be successful in business, we must be healthy, and we must feel like actually working. So here are a few tips to help you face your work life with vigor and enthusiasm. 
Take mental relaxation breaks by taking a brisk walk outside, preferably where you'll get a great view of nature. Laugh away your problems by renting a humorous video or reading a funny book. Enjoy a siesta instead of a heavy lunch. Try eating a delicious tropical fruit or go dancing on Saturday night. Have your teeth cleaned and get a therapeutic massage. Learn to love water. Have a cup of tea with honey and lemon. Control your anger and stop procrastinating. Every tiny thing you do for yourself will improve your overall outlook on life. Look on the bright side, even on cloudy days. A positive attitude lowers anxiety and increases overall health. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information on booking a coaching session or a consultation, visit StarStyleProductions.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a light that shines well my sincerest appreciation for staying with us here on star style be the star you are i am so blessed to be your host and your personal growth success coach. I am Cynthia Bryan, and our guest is Todd Battle today. He is the co-author of Daddy Look, and we are having such a, a brilliant conversation about the importance of fatherhood and what a dad can bring to the table, to the relationship, to the growth of the child. So, Todd, one of the things that we really need to talk about, because we address the fact that there are absentee dads, that they don't You know, there are dads that are maybe not in the relationship or they're not around. But what about dads who are there every day, but they're really not involved with their kid's life? They think that they are being the providers and the good dad, but they're not giving them the spiritual, emotional, you know, intellectual or the physical care that their kids need. How do we address that? How does daddy look help with this? Daddy, look, absolutely addresses that, and that, that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, one of the things we want to emphasize is that it's not just a book for dads who are not in the home. It's a book for dads who are in the home but not necessarily fully engaged in the lives of their children. In other words, you can be there but not there. Right, you right. Be, yeah, because there's yeah. no there there. I mean, it's... There, I, I know many, many um, men like this who think that they are being great dads because they're paying the bills, you know, but they come home at night and they're exhausted and 
they just turn on the TV and they don't want to have anything to do with their kids. They're not at their kids' games. They're, you know, they're not participating in their lives. And that is not being a daddy that looks. Absolutely. We, we actually have a section in the book that deals essentially with, Daddy, what are you looking at? That's part two of the book. And the question we ask is if we have not been looking at our children, if we have not been intentionally involved in their lives, what have we been looking at? And just as you mentioned about bringing home the bacon, we have a chapter, Daddy's looking at his occupation. All of his time is spent at his job. And, and I know some men get upset when we talk about this. Well, I have to provide for my family. Yes, a, a daddy that looks does provide, but he provides more than financial security. He has, he has to provide emotional support. He has, to, he has to provide spiritual insight for his children. He, in fact, should be the priest, the intercessor of his home. And children don't understand. They, they can't equate a, a good meal with love. They can't equate immediately clothes on their back with love. They need to hear dad say that. They need to have dad tossing the ball to them. They need to, or, or whatever it is. If it's a daughter, dad needs to talk with her and be intentionally involved. And so our, our emphasis is if you're not looking at your children, what are you looking at? Could be his occupation, could be his own interests. I'll give you a, a funny story. Uh, when my youngest daughter was 12 years old, there were a group of our church members. We went to the Sacramento Monarchs WNBA game, and my daughter was in another van. And so when we got to the parking lot, she got out. I didn't know what she had on. And when she got out, she had a Michael Jackson commemorative t-shirt on, and some skinny jeans. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and as many dads know, when you see your daughter, and that literally is my baby daughter, she's always been my baby, but at that moment I realized she was developing and she wasn't a baby anymore. And it, it really struck me, and it, it, it took me Because you, did, you hadn't realized she was game. growing up, right? You just Absolutely. Hadn't... And then when I got home, it bothered me so much, I went to my wife and I said, babe, when did... Devana developed like that, and my wife did not hesitate. She looked me right in my eyes, and she said, while you were fishing. Oh, my. So, I mean, talk about putting you in your place and realizing that you were a daddy that wasn't looking. I, I wasn't and, looking. Oh, at that time, I had, had taken up fishing for about two years, and I was really involved in it, and I didn't realize she had developed, and that was uh, an eye-opener for me. Yeah. That was one of the moments that was so critical. Well, you know, you have so many stories in the book, uh, Daddy Look. We're talking with Todd Battle, co-author of the book, Daddy Look. Uh, one of them is the story, and this one touched my heart, of that uh, football game where your dad and your mom sat under an umbrella in the pouring rain, and I think they were <laughs> the only people in the stands. And your friends still to this day can remember that because your daddy was, at, was looking. You know, he was I, I, soaking wet and looking. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was a high school football game, and we were getting blown out, and it was raining, and the field was muddy, and it was cold. And it was a away game for us, so we were at the other team's field. On their side, there were 45 to 50 people in the stand, even though it was pouring rain. On our side, two people in the stands, my dad and my mom. Aww. Huddled under an umbrella, 
And through the whole game, even though we were getting blown out, they stayed the entire game. I remember that. And I, like you said, I have friends when I see them. As a matter of fact, this year will be our 30th year uh, high school reunion coming up. Many of them will be there. And when I see them, the first thing they say is, you remember that football game when your <laughs> dad and your mom were the only ones? That I absolutely remember. It is one of the fondest memories I have uh, as a teenager that my, I had a dad that looked. I was, that I looked. was very fortunate. And he didn't just look, which is another thing about the book. It's not just for dads who are in the home or dads who are out of the home. It's for men who would like to be mentors to young men who don't have a dad in their home. They can use these same exercises and, and be that mentor, that surrogate dad for somebody who doesn't have a dad. That's what my dad did. There were a lot of kids in our neighborhood whose dads weren't there, but they found themselves coming to our house to hang out because my dad was. And I want to say it's not just for boys to have that dad to be the mentor. It could be girls, too, because, you know, I remember, my, I mean, my dad, uh, you know, he's bald, and he would shine his head, and he would go out into the stands just like your dad did, and he would always tell us, you know, don't be scared. If you see, I'm going to shine my head up for you, and that's <laughs> going to be the beacon of light. And not only do I remember that still to this day, but my friends remember that. They remember him being their their um, their guide. You know, it was like, okay, we're rooting for you. So it doesn't matter whether your children are boys or girls or whether they're even your children. They can be stepchildren. They can just be, you know, kids that are friends of your kids. We have a responsibility as parents and especially as dads to be part of their life, to be their guides on the side, to be their teachers, and to be there for them. Now, Todd, you have, um, you all have thoughts of creating other books. As I was reading Daddy Look, you're going to do, um, you know, for the teens, the teen look, you're going to do a mommy look. Do you, is that going to be in the near future? Are you working on that at the moment? Absolutely. We're, we're actually in the process right now of structuring the team book. That's going to be the next one that comes out, and it will come from the perspective of young people who have a dad in their life and also who don't and the effects that it has had. And then if they've had a male figure in their life to step up, what did that mean to them? And so we, we've had, we have those two books. And let me just take a segue uh, back to what you were saying about the daughter's this ties into a teen look. Dads are significantly, uh, critically important to the lives of their children just because uh, so many of our, our, our daughters, our young ladies, have issues with self-esteem. And if, if they don't have somebody in their life who can express love and compliments without the pressure of anything else coming behind it, then they can understand, I am beautiful, I do have worth. And so then when somebody who may not have the best intentions comes into their lives and starts whispering uh, sweet nothings, if you will, into their ears, it does not affect them the same way because that's not new information. My dad has already told me how beautiful I am, how intelligent I am, how worthy I am. I don't need you to do that for me, you can't schmooze me, you can't fool me. I am that. so glad that you brought that up, Todd, and we are at the end of the hour because there is chapters in there about the frightening things that can happen to our children. 
And we know that they're out there. We know that there is pimping out there. We know that there's drugs. We know that there is all kinds of things, and there are people there that are going to tell your kids anything to get them to do anything. But when you are a daddy that looks and you are an involved father in your child's life or the life of any child, and you really care, those kids are not going to need those outside forces. Todd Battle, I want to thank you so much for being here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The website is daddylook.net, and Todd is also, as well as the co-authors, they are going to be on Express Yourself Teen Radio in the near future, and they'll be talking to the teens, so we don't want you to miss that. So go to daddylook.net, and you can buy the book. Todd, thank you so much for being a daddy that looks for caring and for caring about not just your own children, but all kids and giving men, uh, you know, around the world this opportunity to really get involved in something very, very important. Thank you for being on Star Style. Thank you for being the star you are. Thank you for having me, Cynthia. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Take care. Bless you. I'm so blessed that you came into my life. Thank you all for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned right here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, when we bring you the success coaches, the expert advice, the great authors, and the great books. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are, go to bethestarur.org. And our aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you're already a star, and you can cherish the past, dream of the future. But celebrate today, and read a book this week, and make it Daddy Look. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I thank you and I encourage you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. Until next week. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.